Welcome to the podcast, the destination for insightful discussions and interviews on the appreciation, conservation, and husbandry of reptiles with a focus on turtles and tortoises. Now, let's join our team of turtle nerds. I can throw a flag. And Kevin speaking while it starts. <laughs> First of all, he was late to the pre-show, and now he's speaking while it starts. This is terrific. This is terrific. I'm the best. You know, I've been thinking about like the lead-in to the show, right? This this big moment, and we do the same corny thing every day. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, and introduce everyone. But everyone knows everyone. We're here for one reason tonight, and that's Viviana. Okay, so don't get it tangled or twisted. Viviana, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much. Viviana, yeah, isn't this great? This is so great. Viviana (laughs) Ricardez is the. Vice President and Treasurer of Texas Turtles, right? A 501c3 nonprofit since 2019, right? So that's awesome. As as one new uh, turtle-based nonprofit to another, isn't it awesome? It's cool. It's it's a lot of work, as you all know. It's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, and we're going to get into all of that. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, but um, I, I didn't cut you off, right? Um, really. Let's get back to making fun of Kevin for for showing up late. I'm just kidding. One Kevin, minute to spare. Kevin, Kevin's beard is looking great. Yeah. Let, let's start um, with something positive. You know, I decided to let it go for a while. Yeah. Good for you. Congratulations. I think I'm going to minimally do six months. Good. Six months. Wow. Playoff beard. Playoff beard. Okay. Yeah. It's it's funny uh, to quote Pulp Fiction. What we find pleasing to the touch and pleasing to the eye are seldom the same thing. So mm-hmm. I think a beard, me without a beard, looks horrible. However, with a beard feels horrible. So pros and cons. Uh, I'm kind of with you on yeah. that. Pros and yeah. cons. Yeah. If I, you know, I don't want to, this is disgusting, but if I don't want to like smell my meal <laughs> four hours later because it's like in the mustache. You know, you know what I mean? My only qualm with it is if it goes in my nose, like yeah. straight up. Mm-hmm. With oh, the mask wish. now. Forget and it. There's, and there's no way around that when that happens. It always, always happens at like the worst time ever. It w- it'll you like know? wake you up. Yeah, or, or you'll be in, in public somewhere and you got to figure out how do I do this? Because if I go up there, they're going to think I'm picking my nose, but what's worse, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So you're just kind of like, you know. I say just pick your nose and own it, you know? Yeah, it's a point. That's definitely right. It's true. Uh, I, I totally agree. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And this, it's so fitting and so us to pick an early topic side discussion like this that our guest can't yeah. be part of. Can't even yeah. relate to. Yeah. Right. Isn't that just great? We're just. <laughs> Tremendous hosts in that uh, way. But I, I, the reason why we came on air and it was that awkward and Kevin was talking. I don't know if anyone heard that. We were really having a fun time with the intro because we could watch it as as the viewers are watching it live. So that was fun. And Viviana enjoyed it, I think, which which made us all excited and see it in a different light, I think. so. Hey, really quick, for anybody that's watching, uh, take a moment, type in the comments if you think there's anything we should change about it, things you think would be funny to add in there. We're open to ideas. Within reason. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say we're take the ideas, but we're open to them. <laughs> no, we might take the ideas. Yeah. Just you know, we're, you know, we're busy, we're lazy. Yeah. Did you we know. get the uh, the first comment yet that says, "Okay, fine, please stop everything that you do." <laughs> Nobody there. I was talking to my wife about this. Dax Shepard recently was talking about that on podcasts, right? Like, the the great thing about having a podcast is that normally, generally, the people who tune in like your message and appreciate what you're doing. Otherwise they wouldn't go out of their way to do that. Mm. Um, but you know, if you're Jimmy Kimmel or someone who's on 
TV, then, you know, they're just turning on their TV and, and they have to watch you. So you get a lot more negative from that, I think. Anyway, not to compare us to TV people, but um, it's, it's not as bad as you think. People are generally nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Viviana, you watch the podcast, right? The Pondcast? Yes. For a while now, for a couple, you know, like four or five years now, something like that. And That's it. Like I mentioned, the next the next day at work when I, you know, if I miss it the day before, I'll listen to it while I'm at work. So, you know, that helps. <laughs> that is so flattering. It hurts. I can't. Yeah. Even tell. My my heart is so full right it now. It is. It's like oh, I missed it. I missed it Monday night because of the gym or whatever. And so I'll just have it going in my, you know, I have it face down, so like my boss can't see like what. Oh, you know, what's, what's, why there's four guys on my phone, you know, like, gotta face, put that face down and just listen and just think about turtles, you know. It's so good. It's so good. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's, let's start with that. Tell, tell us about being, um, kind of your experience growing up a, a turtle nerd, an animal nerd, a, a reptile nerd. Yeah. Life, lifelong turtle nerd. And like, like all of us, you know, it's that one turtle, you know, it's that one turtle you find crossing the road that like, that's it, you know, you're hooked. And it was always, it was always animals. It was always reptiles. It really got into invertebrates really little. And I was telling a friend that had someone found me young, they would have taken me down the invertebrate, invertebrate path, but it ended up being turtles, which is great. Wow, so I really yeah, like that, that really inverts as well. Because that was really the first thing you get to find in your backyard, or like what roly polies, ladybugs, praying mantises, June bugs, fig beetles. I played with all those really little, and then finding the turtle crossing the road, just I was sold. And so, like I said, it went from that to to everything, reptiles, creatures. I mean, we had it all. <laughs> I had, a, I mean, you know, whatever I could keep as a kid, kind of thing. That's so cool. I have so many questions already. Um, okay. What was that first turtle, though? I have to go there first. Redder slider. A good old redder wow. slider. Native that's to awesome. Texas, found crossing the road. And so, See, that's I, you know, always thing right like, there. Native to Texas, Can you crossing the road. Where it belongs. Oh, yeah. I mean, and so, I mean, I thought and it was, like, next to the highway, so there was nowhere for us to, like, take it. And, of course, this was 1995 to make us all feel old, which was 25 years ago. Mm. <laughs> and... You know, there wasn't, we didn't know to move them in the direction or, you know, we had all these other like highways and byways and McDonald's by. So my dad let me bring it home. And of course, we know now don't take them home, find the nearest body of water and that whole thing. So we took it home and then it was like April. A few weeks later, we found a melanistic melflighter. So I was hooked on them. They're another mm. huge favorite of mine. And my dad basically like just dug a hole in the ground and put in a pond liner. <laughs> I kept him there for a while. So it, it came time to where it's like, okay, we need to let him go. And thankfully where we let him go by my house was, was in their home range anyway. So they were fine. So anyway, so that's, that's how it all started. And then I think once I let the sliders go, it became, I think I really wanted one. And my dad bought me an ornate box turtle. And wow. in the Dallas, Fort Worth area, in the 90s, all that was legal to sell, and we went to the local pet shop, and I picked out a female ornate, and like I said, back then, we didn't have the internet of what we have now, and so I spent a lot of that 
those early childhood days, like at a resale bookstore. I don't know if you'll have half price books up there, but I spent more time in the reptile section just looking through whatever. And that's kind of the only um, anything I had to go by as far as how to keep an ornate. Thankfully, I did okay. <laughs> but uh, y'all might have y'all might have seen this. This was my first uh, first husbandry. Oh cat. yeah. That I had since yep. I was my dad got me this. It has you know, has my name in it and and all that stuff. So that's that's what you know we did is 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 books and and trying to figure out how to keep it. I did okay. So <laughs> it was it was really fun. It was good. And just from that, it it unraveled to more box turtles and more my dad stopping on the road like <laughs> all the time to pick up turtles and stuff like that. So it's it's really cool looking back on it if that, if that makes sense. Like looking back, absolutely. On everything that happened, everything that happened then, that kind of shaped on how things are now. I love how most people's origin stories are fairly similar. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We all, we all kind of have the same picking one up, and yeah. especially box turtles, and and especially like here in DSW, um, they used to be a lot more common. And you know, highways went in, you know, strip malls went in, all the land from here to Oklahoma where you would find them every spring crossing the road they're they're you know gone there's still a few pockets like in the city here but it's it's interesting looking back on how much in the pet trade they are now and then how they were then and uh it's been it's been interesting looking back on it on on everything that happened box turtle wise with with me and that being my first the first turtles I really took care of I think it's so cool that you still have that book. Like, maybe, I don't, do you? So, almost all of them. These were like the first field guides that my dad bought me. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> They're not that great, but like, it was a set of five. So that I was love like my it. Pack. Yeah, so that's I, so cool. The reptile one and the insect one are the most worn out. So I use those the most. Right. So they're not great, but I learned a lot pretty young and it didn't take much for me to just dive in (laughs) and to just become you know wanting to know all about all about turtles and insects or whatever creature that I could find (laughs) it you know it's funny too because what Kevin just said about how like we all have some of the similar stories and and it you know it's it's even with the books you know what I mean and I I still I love books I I I especially and even coming from somebody who's I consider myself kind of social media savvy and I, and I know that like we're in a, a day and age now where we have, it's not going away and we need it and it's the way things are, but I, I love books. You know, we, we've, my, our whole bookcase yeah. right there in the family room is just turtle book after turtle book pretty much. And then field guides too. You know, I, I grew up on the Peterson field guides and, and, yeah. and just, That's you know, over there. drooling over those photos of, of how can I find that, you know? And, um, so it, it I, Long live books. That's all I'm getting out with that. You know, I, I even when you know we used to do the Hamburg Reptile Show, Anthony. I, I never left there without buying a I'm book. In, you know, yeah, the old I, books. Yeah, like the cover was falling off, and you'd be like, "How much?" Like I'd be like, 20 bucks." You'd be like twenty bucks. The cover's falling off. All right, you know, <laughs> I'll take, yeah. you had to have it. Yeah, it's definitely. It was definitely. It's things are so are so different because now at our fingertips we have access to how to set up the baby box turtle, Dan and, mm-hmm. and, and Greg, you know, like, oh, I could learn how to set up a log in and, oh, someone can teach me how to set up box turtle, you know, any type mm-hmm. of turtle or whatever, which is good. You know, it has its good and bad, as y'all see all the time, because there's misinformation and all kinds of different yeah. stuff going around. And yeah, I just, I think so back cool. to, 
Do what? Sorry, Chris. People get so culty with it too. You know, you've got you've got oh. these Facebook groups that are like, you know, oh, they hate God. each other because like you're not keeping the baby box turtle the way that person A is suggesting. You know, mm. so you get kicked out of that group or you leave and you go over to this group like, oh, these guys are cooler, you know. But <laughs> it's, for, for the day and age that we live in, there's still so much inaccurate information out there, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was I was been thinking back on that a lot, like I said, leading up to this podcast, because I I remember we found a bunch of box turtles going coming from Oklahoma back home to the DS Dallas area. And my dad stopped and picked them up. And of course, like I said, now we know don't take box turtles out of the range. Lucky for me, I was willing and knew how to take care of them for years and years and years. And my parents helped me. But I don't know how my dad knew that there were three-toed box turtles and ornate box turtles. <laughs> so my dad was in the background doing his own research and figuring this stuff out to teach me and, and helping me. And while thinking about that, it's, you know, now we can, like I said, we can type into YouTube or Google and find out about a species. But when yeah. I was a kid, I was like, hey, dad, or, you know, what about this, this, and this? And I think y'all remember it in school when you asked a question and like, oh, go look it up in the encyclopedia. <laughs> y'all remember encyclopedia? <laughs> yeah. I, I went to my parents' house and picked these up because you were kidding. You had to like go and like dig through this book that was so not interesting and try yeah. to look up whatever we could about turtles. And you know, that was from 1995, which has been 25 years. <laughs> So right. the beginning of the turtle obsession. And you know what? You never got good <laughs> photos in the encyclopedia. I don't know. Like, at least for me, and I, I, I think I'm even still guilty of this. Like, if you go into a book and, like, the photo's not there to complement it, it's, like, that much harder to, to keep reading on. Oh, you yeah. Know? So, and, you know, with an encyclopedia, you get, like, like a uh, turtle, turtle, turtle. It's a regular exactly. slider, you know? You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, fine, you know? But... I get so, it. Yeah, so it, it, was, it was interesting. And it's like I had this cool base for keeping, you know, turtles and box turtles. And it just kind of all developed um, from there. I mean, it's, it's definitely been a trip. I think an interesting thing with, you know, just my wife and I were having a, a discussion on this, uh, keeping keeping books. She would call me a hoarder of things, especially <laughs> books. I love, I love books, but, but books are a more responsible thing to hoard than animals, right? If you love the animals, like having information on them is, is better than having them or especially if we're talking about quantity of either of those things. Um, but you know, to me, books are, books are a reminder of all of the things that we don't know. So, so like, why well, I don't understand you buy these books and you don't read them cover to cover. Well, a lot of them are references, and yeah. and yeah. they're there and it's it is a reminder of things i don't know and kind of like a challenge to myself to use them in writing or to use them in research or that sort of thing um I as opposed to somebody who doesn't want them exactly exactly <laughs> right oh yeah well, I, right. I, make sure, I make sure mine like literally like you know how many of my good turtle books have been ruined now you know but i i love the fact that like they don't put them down you know what i mean they're they're oh daddy this or look at that blah blah, blah. and it's so important. And you know what, for, to, you know, go back to what Anthony just said, I think part of the reason that we hold on to them or want them so bad, the, the books that is, at least for me, it's, it's a piece of a time that's leaving us, you know, yeah. like, like they're, you know, it, it, I mean, Anthony wrote a book, you know, like I wish that's something I could say I did, you know, and, oh. and I, I would, you know, cherish that because you, you got a book, you know, and anybody can write stuff online and not to take that away from anybody, you know, but it's, right. it's, uh, there's just something special about that. And then, oh, there, there you go. There it is. <laughs> there it is. You guys, you guys, 
you guys will. Plug books, we can plug books. You want to do a plugging book segment? I'll reach yes. back here. And there's Carl's Box Turtle book. I wish yep. I had that when I was a kid. And yep. then his other book. And more on that later. <laughs> I love it. I love this. Yeah, this there you go. Yep, look at well, that. Has it. You're ready? Great. Ready, great. ready? I had another like thing over here. They're carrying scars. But we're, we're <laughs> pretty cool. There you go. He's got scars. My scars are on my leg. <laughs> I've got plenty of, of scars from uh, turtle stuff. This is a gnarly non-turtle related scar. This is my hot take for the moment. I'm sorry, before we get into our Jaws sitting on the boat at night comparing scars conversation, (laughs) this is my hot take that of the five people on this podcast, because for those of you viewing, Steve is in the background as well, four will end up publishing a book. That's my hot take. Four will end up publishing a book? (laughs) <laughs> Kevin, I love that you take that as a slight to you. Kevin, I actually, I, I, there's, there's a percentage chance that you will publish as well, but then there's a percentage chance that the rest of the people Kev, on the Kev, you'll, you'll do it before me. Listen, it's not something I'm like necessarily interested in doing. I'm not offended we're, by it. We're going to talk like 20 years from now, we're going to have a conversation after you no. publish your third book and we're just going to laugh about this. <laughs> I think I just read like a, I actually, you know what? That's not true. I actually will publish a book. It just won't be turtle related. I was just going to say that mine's probably going to be about like my my love for ice cream, you know. Uh, my, mine is about a, uh, and I'm going to try to sell it to the turtle community, and they're be like, "What's wrong with this guy?" You know. <laughs> you guys are both weird. Just to yeah. preface the world out there right now, uh, I am currently in the process of writing a book about a children's computer that at night does black market illegal stuff. <laughs> it's like it's it's like a live computer, you know. Yeah, we get it. We got well, it. I feel like I just snorted really loud in my microphone. You did. It I was apologize. awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't do it on, on. I can't do it on command. Yeah. Good for you, Kev. Good for you, man. I'm proud. Yeah. Of you. I may be the. I may be the first one on here to publish a book again. The next exactly. one, I should say. Right. Right. I feel like exactly. I want to. I want to. My books are all the way over there, and I want to go grab a bunch. But I'll stop. Don't go grab yeah. books. Don't, it's okay. I forgot. Fight I there. forgot one that I was going to show, but I'll, I'll maybe I'll grab it at the end and. And show Anthony. I thought you were like materializing Anthony. them. Oh, I love this. Viviana is like she's got props ready and everything. And if yeah, it's something for me, perfect. then yeah, then you can go get it. If it's something for me, but not you don't have to right now. Whenever you're, whenever you're, yeah. It'll segue into next month's talk. It'll oh. segue into next. Okay. Okay. I'm interested. <laughs> interested. So, so you grew up a turtle nerd. How did you transition to to kind of where you are today? How does that happen? You know, I think I've heard all all of y'all um, say something similar. Like, you know, we're really into it really young and you teach all your friends about it and you think everyone is interested in this, right? Surely you're in fifth and sixth grade. I took my turtles to school, taught the yeah. class on turtles. Like, yeah, everybody loves this, right? For sure. And then junior high, high school comes and you're still into turtles and people knew I was into turtles. But, you know, it's you... You can't do anything to make yourself different in junior high and high school. So, you know, it, it was always there, but it, it wasn't, I guess, like it is now. Back, back, I think, after I got my group of my female ornate and the group of box turtles that, you know, we would find on the road or whatever, I really wanted a male ornate box turtle. And back in the North Texas area, we had pet stores. Like, we don't have pet stores here really like you have the two major chains and that's it so i somehow saved 20 bucks 
and went and bought a male ornate fox turtle. And this is kind of where things also also shifted for me as a kid from keeping all these box turtles to kind of how things now. And it's it's a really it's a story that I don't think I've really told many people. So I save up twenty bucks. I go to the local pet store down the road, and there was one male ornate left. Okay, so I knew enough about turtles and spent enough time in pet stores. <clears throat> what reptiles look like, you know, like when they're moving around and what kind they are, all that stuff. So I guess I was just pretty desperate to where, all right, so last male ornate left. I'm going to get them. I have a female ornate. For some reason, you know, you're a kid. You want baby fox turtles like everybody does, especially now. It's like, okay, I have my outdoor enclosure ready, that kind of thing. Um, I bring them home. Like later on that day, day goes by. And I realized, thanks to the few books I had, that it was sick, like upper respiratory problem, right? And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, like, either I wasn't paying attention when I got them or I was just too in, too excited to get a male ornate. So days go by. I go back to the pet, stop, pet store. I said, hey, this turtle's sick, like classic upper respiratory. She goes and soaks him in water, gets his eyes to open up. She's like, oh, no, look, he's fine. And I'm like, okay, here I am, like a 10, 11-year-old kid saying, Okay, that old thing. Here, your turtle's fine. I go home, you know, dies a couple days later. So it's like, okay. And and at that point, I was like, well, this stinks. But my dad, of course, had this awesome, awesome idea. I say, hey, well, you can dry it out in the backyard and keep its shell. And so <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll keep the shell and all that stuff. So we had it in the backyard and I let it decompose. And then finally, after it was like decomposed, I was able to like pick up the shell. And even though there was no turtle there, that's when it like kind of something went off to where I was like, this is really neat. I saw how the spine was down the back of the shell. This is the first time I really saw that, that young, how the pelvic bone looks like it did, how the skull, the femur. And I was like, oh my gosh, just recognizing all these parts um, about, about a, a box turtle. And then anyway, so that was like when I realized that I kind of like the natural history ecology stuff versus kind of, I got burned keeping and you know from this lady down the road selling you know six turtles obviously like everything they sold out of this pet store was sick like anybody at school that said oh I bought a, some, something from that pet store it was sick so I learned really quickly what was sick you know before I learned what something was healthy so that kind of just went off and I just it just transitioned I just transitioned to like really thinking oh my gosh this is really cool so I took the shell and all the like some of the bones to school because I thought everybody wants to wants to see this too, right? Like everybody just thinks that this stuff's cool. And the teacher kind of said something like that it was along the line of she didn't say something very complimentary or very nice. And I was like, oh okay, you know. And so I went home and told my dad, and he was like, don't like don't worry about it. She doesn't understand, you know. And it's true that like I was really interested in the anatomy of the turtle and how everything worked on the turtle and how just everything about it. So, you know, I just kept the bones for years and kept it under the kitchen sink and there it was. And I thought it was neat. And I think eventually my mom threw it away because you know, what are you going to do <laughs> <laughs> for a turtle shell that long? So that's, that's kind of where I picked up liking the natural history side of stuff. And like you said, junior high, high school, you're not really um, into it as much. And then I think I was in college and 2000, around 2007, I found the Texas Turtles website. And it was this website that Carl had for the whole time. And <laughs> he, I, I really liked the content of the Texas Turtles website. It was a 
black and white, which of course, looking at it back then, I was like, okay, it reminded me of this old herpetology herp days, like the expos where everyone had a black t-shirt and white print, which is kind of what we still do. There's still this <laughs> there with the website. It was like the white on black. And I started like, you know, I looked at the content of it and I just thought it was really neat. And the pictures were even better. So that was my go-to is this Texas Turtles website. And I discovered, you know, Carl Franklin, who had done all this expeditions across the globe and these books and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Then Facebook and the web, uh, the Facebook group started. And, and it kind of just went from there on, um, on, on, uh, sorry, I'm distracted with what Steve posted. <laughs> um, <laughs> he does that to all of us. I'm liking, I'm, I'm liking that, that the policy right. and natural history stuff. Of, of that is knowing that there was somebody else uh, that that liked the same thing I do as far as turtle wise. So that's kind of how it went downhill. <laughs> In a that's good awesome. way. That's so, so you reached out and did you start volunteering or how did that work? Yeah. So it was, it's another funny story. It was a TSA NAFTURG Comal um, event survey. And so I saw the advertisements for it on the Texas turtles, um, on the Texas Turtles Facebook page. So Carl had shared going to the TSA NAFTA volunteer stuff, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. By this time, it's, you know, it was already, like, more recent, like five years. I'm going to go. I packed my car. I left DFW at 3, 4 in the morning and drove down to meet a bunch of turtle nerds that I had never met. Yeah. I didn't know anybody at this Comal survey. I didn't know if I would, like, had a backup place to stay because I was like, I don't know these people. Like, I'm not sure if, you know, I get there and it just doesn't die. And then Carl was there, like, uh, doing the survey with everyone. And we just started talking because he kind of asked, like, oh, well, where are y'all from? And asked everybody was from. And I was like, oh, I'm from Arlington. And, you know, he was in the same area at the time. And it just, we just started talking. And I didn't want to say, yeah, I've been following your work. You know, I follow Texas Turtles for years on uh, the Facebook page and stuff. Right. So it just kind of, went from there and he's like, Oh, come up and visit the museum and yada, yada. And then, and then that was it. We just kind of, I, I expressed to him how much I really liked the content he put on the Texas Turtle Facebook page and the ecology, natural history, some really, really neat stuff that he always put out. And I still think that, you know, right up my alley of this stuff that, that I enjoy seeing. <laughs> so it, that's, that's kind of how, how it went. And then here we are, you know, years later, made Texas Turtles a nonprofit and just kind of teamed up and went from there because we just liked the similar stuff when it comes to turtles, to put it simply. <laughs> That's <laughs> that awesome. Makes... That's great. So um, can you tell us a little bit about the work that Texas Turtles is doing, like like the actual work uh, in the field that, that you guys are doing? Sure. Right now, obviously, with it being COVID times, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it's a lot of just me, him, and our secretary – going out everything from range extensions to simple um, documenting anything and everything, what we call like low hanging fruit, simple mm. documentations from diet to county records to seeing what's where and just simple stuff like that. It's a lot of stuff we've taken care of this year. And I mean, we've traveled lots and lots of miles during COVID times, like just keeping it to two or three of us. Um, like one weekend we were in El Paso and the next week, we were, one week we were in El Paso looking for Western painted turtles and that next weekend we're on the Texas-Louisiana border looking for Southern painted turtles. So, wow. I mean, we get, we get a lot of, a lot of miles in 
doing just everything from that. And of course, we have a lot more planned coming that we want to do once COVID again, stuff like that. That's just touching on just the surface of like what we've done this year. Very surface level. That's incredible. Very cool. Um, so you're talking about the, the pain of turtles going around, um, to different parts of the state. Texas is huge. Very, very huge. Yeah. Right. Like everyone knows that, right? Everything's oh, yeah. bigger in Texas. Everything's bigger. Like that's crazy. So for somebody from the Northeast, when you say like going to opposite ends of the state, like, okay, cool. But yeah. that's a big deal. Like <laughs> New Jersey how far are you talking back. about? Like how, how many hours driving is it from where the Western painted turtles are to where the Southern painted turtles are? I like over 12 hours and the way Carl oh, wow. everything. <laughs> so from our DFW to El Paso, one way is 616 miles. So we go out, that's one way out there. And then all the driving around in between to, you know, look whatever we're looking for. So that's 616 miles there and back. And then the next weekend, another, what did I write down? 163 miles there and back. So it's, it's, I think from El Paso to the Louisiana border, I calculated about 830 miles. That's just straight across. That's wow. just, you know, from corner, from edge to edge. And then, of course, another down to the border, like where, where Zugi is or Big Bend area. That's another easy eight, nine, you know, depending on how you drive hours. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of driving. Um, I, I have a question to, just to hone in on a species that we don't really talk much about. Um, at least since, since I've been on the show, um, painted turtles. So you're, you're talking about going from one end of the state to another end of the state. You're going from seeing the Western painteds to the Southern painteds. Is it that vast of a difference in habitat and climate? And, you know, yeah. it's really, so is there so, that much of a, di- like, in other words, is there that much of a different ecosystem that, you know, Southern painteds are part of, uh, whereas compared to the Western painted? Drastically. Uh, where we found Southerns is your, your East Texas. I, I know I say this and y'all, this more swampy bayou-like, this certain, yeah. this certain Northeast, East, East, what we refer to as East Texas. And mm-hmm. I know everyone here locally uh, know, knows what you said. It's harder for me to describe it to y'all, but West Texas is a lot more barren. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, even just what we found without, I can't get into it too much, but it's just, it's very dramatic as far as, as far as how it how it goes, especially the area we were looking at, because we were also on the uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico. It was another trip. We've made so many trips <laughs> this this year. So we've like said we've looked at Gorzugi from the Carlsbad um, border all the way down to like the Texas Mexico border. So we were on the Texas Mexico border just like three weekends ago. So it's it's a lot. I didn't calculate north and south. <laughs> And wow. just so everyone knows, when when she mentions Gorzugi, that's the Rio Rio Grande Cooter, which is which is yeah. one of uh, several really cool Texas species. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just had to do that for you know people. Thanks. Yeah, I forgot. How many how many native species are in Texas? We have 30, 34 different kinds, and mm-hmm. wow. uh, we have three endemics: uh, the Kegels, the Apollon spinifera, Guadalupensis, Guadalupe spiny soft shell, Texas map, Texas, sorry, four, Texas cooter, Texas map, Guadalupe spiny soft shell, and Kegel map. Wild, okay. And I've done, yeah. a, I've done an all endemics one day trip before. Like if people, some people come and want to like go see all this and that's like 225 miles. 
to hit every endemic in one day. Wow. How much would you charge me for that experience? <laughs> for you? <laughs> That's Come awesome. on down. I'll figure out. I'll charge you. I'll charge you by mile. No. <laughs> like, why are people going to South Africa to see, to see lions and, and everything when you can go to Texas and right. see those turtles? No. Yeah. So, yeah, we've, we've, we've even made a plan. We've even, uh, like, if somebody wanted to see, we made, a, we made these hypothetical silly things like, how many turtles could you see in one day? How many Texas turtles? If I started in Dallas, would I go East Texas, Houston, down to the border, come back up through Austin? You know, like we think of how many species we could hit in like in one day feasibly. So yeah, that's just the silly nerdy stuff we talk about. Well, what's the and, number? And, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I didn't. I, we didn't calculate the. How we came to like eleven or twelve? Because I mean, it's a lot of driving. I mean, I think when after the TSA conference was here in Fort Worth, I took. Shy from TSA India, I took him on the endemics, like all the endemics in one day. The day before, we did everything north Texas area that I could, all the species I could get them there, and then down to the central Texas area and get all the rest there. <laughs> that is so cool. That is cool. That's really cool. <laughs> what the is turtle, your, the turtle uh, world is lucky to have you in it. Okay, go ahead. I just want to say what, that. Um, what is your, you know, what is your favorite Texas species and have you, has that swayed since you started with Texas turtles? You know, was, was it, you know, oh, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see this in the wild. I can't wait to experience this animal. And then after all these years and all this time now, you're like, you know what, it's this or is it, you know, and is it a nostalgia thing? Because for me, that, that's what it always is. It's the nostalgia. There's, 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 I don't, it's so hard to have a favorite because the nostalgia, the nostalgia ones are definitely the ornate and the three-toe box turtle. Right. Like those are the first ones I saw. Those what sent me down the path of ruin. Yep. The melanistic slider <laughs> sent me down the path of ruin. It really did, right? Yeah. And then as far as working with the endemics, it's been the Versa, of course. Graphing uh, the Texas map and then Kegels, and there's still more to do, so much more to do Kegel-wise mm -hmm. that hopefully we can get into next soon. Again, like I said, there's plenty of stuff to do. Right. But anyway, so yeah, Kegels, Versa, or Zugi, which I think we'll get into in a little bit later and stuff. So yeah, that's what else? The beans are pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, the beans, yeah, the beans are cool. The beans are that's pretty good. cool. Those are easy to see up here, or East Texas here. Is there any one of them that, that gives you more of uh, oh, let's see, what's the word here? Uh, more of like a, um, uh, like an electric response to every time you find them, you know, or uh, like, is there something that not necessarily, maybe it's not necessarily your favorite species or your most nostalgic, but that, you know, it, it's just the biggest deal when you, when you find them. Probably ornates are up there. Cause I saw, we found an ornate last year and it's so hard it's so hard um, to find ornates crossing the road. You got to like hit it just right and kind of like right. win the lottery. And seeing them, it was 20 years from when I first found my first wild ornate to finally seeing them again last year in the wild. And us going out looking for other turtles wow. and just going to come across, across the ornate box. So that's, that's always a good one. That's cool. Um, yeah. So we're talking to Viviana Ricardez, who is the... Vice President of Texas Turtles. We're very excited to have her with us. Uh, just a reminder, if you have any questions, viewers, please send them in to us. Uh, we're having a great conversation, but obviously if you have questions, things that we're not touching on, uh, Viviana is very happy to answer your questions.
So, <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Uh, Viviana, sometimes you'll see I get distracted because I'm uh, reading the comments on here and whatnot. So I, I don't know if you've answered this already, so I apologize if it has happened. But what are what do you see for the future of Texas Turtles? What's next? Like, what's do you guys have big things on the horizon? Yeah, there's 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 a lot in the works, a lot going on. Like I said, it not being COVID times would help. That's mm-hmm. kind of the biggest putting things on hold as far as getting citizen science and volunteer projects going and and stuff like that. Having having bigger filling this Texas sized hole to be cheesy as mm-hmm. our as our tagline this Texas size. so so there's just a lot. <laughs> there's just a lot. Wanting to get more people on board, wanting to get things um filling these gaps, finding just I mean, like I said, we do a lot with alligator snapping turtles, which I think, you know, there's lots of pictures that I sent on that. Um, just more to be done. There's just always more to be done. And I don't I'm we I'm surprised how far we've come like even in a year. So it's we're we're on the right track and we're getting there. It's, it's awesome. Just so That's great. What can our viewers do to help you? Yeah, so there's shirts. There's awesome shirts on the Texas Turtles website. There's the donate page on the website. This is kicking off my birthday month. So doing the birthday fundraiser on Facebook, all those things, like I said, being COVID times, hope to have volunteers out again soon and to kick off some, some volunteer stuff. That awesome. Way, you can count me in for a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, it's your birthday? In a couple, in a week or two. In a couple. Oh, weeks. I was gonna say, and, and we like, ruined your night. Wow. <laughs> no, that, my heart would have really been full if she <laughs> if she spent her birthday with us. <laughs> hey, so I have a really good question. Actually, it's from uh, one of our former guests, uh, whoa, Greg whoa, from whoa, Greg's whoa. Turtle Haven. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Take it easy. Take Did it I easy. jump the gun? Take it easy, Steve. Can you please give him his roll in? Are you ready for that? Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> he skipped this, over the roll in. This is this is actually this is a. This is a question I honestly was hoping somebody would ask and I was waiting for. Otherwise, I was going to ask it. Um, so, yeah, good. Here's the rolling. Minto's mailbag. He's blushing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, the mailbag. This comes from Greg from Greg's Turtle Haven, a good buddy of ours. Uh, what was it like filming with Brave Wilderness? Oh, oh Greg. <laughs> you're famous. You're like, you're legitimate, way more famous than us. It's, yes. <laughs> um, it was it was really today's Coyote's birthday. If you want to talk about birthdays, oh, happy birthday, birthday Coyote! Uh, happy birthday! You, coyote. She just said just Coyote, first name basis, just Coyote. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Uh, no big deal. I texted is, Happy Birthday this morning. He's is that dead. his birth name? No. Okay. <laughs> that was going to be my question. Is like. Did you want to change your name after hanging out with somebody? Like, I would want to change my name. Like, his name's Coyote. Why can't my name be something cool? Bear. My name should be Bear. It should be Bear. Yeah. Bear Perleone. Like, is that short for Barry? Like, no, it's Bear. Bear. Yeah, I know. Just look. Just look at me. Teddy Bear. Uh, I think just Bear. Steve wants to cuddle me. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you and Steve have cuddled. Yeah. Yep, probably. That, okay. I see that being like a joint thing, like Cody Peterson and Bear Perleone, you know? <laughs> right. Um, hey, that front. would work. In their that nose. Good. Yeah. I'll pitch it to him next time we hang out. Hey, next he time you text him. 
Not today. Yeah, it's I'll his birthday. Him after the yeah, give him a break <laughs> on his yeah. birthday. Let him relax, and then ask ask him, him tomorrow, please. That sounds great. Okay, so so we didn't even give Viv um, a chance to answer Greg's question. Welcome yeah. to the podcast. Greg's question. Okay, so last year we did uh, the episode that when Coyote was with Animal Planet. Did an episode for that. I think that's still out on the interweb somewhere. It was really fun. It was really good. They were great to work with. Carl has worked with other TV shows, other stuff, film crews before. So it was, he thought it was really awesome. Obviously, it was the first time I worked with a film crew. It was neat. It was a big production, of course, you know, take after take. And we made sure the turtles, like our big, obviously, thing was we had to make sure the turtles were okay. Mm-hmm. You know, from when he used them all his stuff and keeping them comfortable and then releasing them and only keeping them for a short amount of time, that kind of stuff. Because he shows and shows trapping and talks about the whole conservation work that Texas Turtles does on the Animal Planet episode. And then he came again this past July. So we were out there for a week again. And that's going to come in November. So stick tuned to the for another installment, I guess you could say, for the Brave Wilderness channel of a Texas Turtles Brave Wilderness episode. So. More to come. And where can people where can people see that? Because you said he's not with Animal Planet, so where's that going to be? So, so last year with Animal Planet, I think you can still find the Legendary Turtle of Texas on YouTube or on the Animal Planet website. Okay. But for this next now going forward, it's just the Boy Wilderness YouTube channel. Okay. Cool. Stuff okay. we just cool. Awesome. Uh, I do have another question. This comes from our viewer, and I'm going to butcher the name, so I'm sorry. Uh, Chantelle Swierk. Uh, she asks, have you had much exposure with Texas Diamondback Terrapins? Oh. Oh, not yet. We have gone to see them. We do have plans to do. There's, they have a crab trap, crab trap cleanup that we plan to get in and go help out with. There is a lot that needs to be done that's hopefully in the beginning works that some people are doing i think edna work that we're going to pitch in on so that's that is that's another thing hopefully next year hopefully it won't be too much longer before we get that's that's a nice, good eight nine hours away from us mm-hmm. so it's a wow. really calculated plan to set up to go time back care and stuff but we're permitted for all that stuff for you know everything protected because they're protected here in texas everything protected and and that sort of thing. So that's that's another one that's hopefully in the works. Awesome. Do you do any educational stuff? Or what what does that look like? You're doing so much in the field. Um, yeah. But somebody with the you know the interpersonal skills that you do, I just wonder about what type of educational opportunities you have. So a lot of the stuff, like I said, right now is is the Facebook page, the Instagram, putting out the educational stuff that way. Um, as far as we do done master, master naturalist talks, you know, those, that kind of stuff. I, we don't do a lot of classroom stuff, obviously with COVID, <laughs> we keep coming back to what, but yeah, like everything is like educational wise is like Facebook and Instagram right now. And I guess that that's what you're, what you're getting at as far as educational stuff, putting, putting the ecology, natural history stuff out there. I was and just then, wondering. Uh, just... Yeah. And then whatever talks, so, I mean, then all the, all the talks and presentations, wherever you know we get asked to <clears throat> a local talk or whatever it may be local local communities have asked us to do stuff like even on snakes you know like especially you're on water snakes and everyone asks <clears throat> that, that kind of stuff so it's it's been a lot of impersonal presentations for the last few last few years that's the kind of stuff that um you know 
I, I, I'm, I'm at least in certain areas is starting to come back. But um, I, that was actually going to be one of my questions too. Is like, what, you know, what kind of presentations you guys do outside of you know, like a, a TSA conference or you know, an, another bigger symposium? Um, because uh, you know, especially with the way we all we all have similar ways that we grew up with these animals. Like, and it's so important for kids to be in that, you know, and like, and like hands on with it. And like, we're starting to get now back into doing some of the educational stuff over here. Like we have some lined up for, uh, actually this month it's September already, but, um, and I, and I was actually going to ask you if you guys do anything with other reptiles like snakes. Yeah. Like I said, Carl has been a herpetologist for 25 years. So he's right. dealt with it, like the one that they call for anything city, city, city wise about snakes, mm -hmm. like here on HOA, like they call me for anything snake herpetology related. They, you know, they figured out that I do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> out you do all this stuff you know, they call you so so stuff like that and as far as education as far as like kids um i'm definitely gonna have to give have a give a shout out to the uh spring lake adventure club which is a if you see pictures of me with little kids on social media it's these amazing group of kids that live actually down the road from me and they started their own turtle survey cool and and, and every like we can't do it now i guess we could get close to doing one um they know how to set traps by themselves. They have a right in the rain notebook. I showed them how to take all the measurements. So she's, they're doing their own little backyard pond lake. It's not really a pond. It's bigger than a pond, but anyways. So um, they do their own survey of that. So that's kind of where I've been as far as education-wise and having kids that are interested that I'm so lucky to have an awesome group of kiddos that really like nature. And they created their own little motto, like keep mm -hmm. these wild things wild. So That's I haven't so seen them in a while since so COVID, awesome. but they've got their own, as far as here locally where I live, down the road, this group of kiddos that, that does all this, all this turtle work and stuff. So That's awesome. I love hearing stuff like that. You know, it's important, you know. That's really cool. Yeah. I think it's probably a good time to get into our features. Hmm. Yeah. If everyone's okay with that. Sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. Let's start with Pit and Peak, and we've we've got Vivian all up to speed on what that is. So, Steve can let us know when we're ready. Do you want to let? Do you want to just let people know? Uh, uh, yeah. So we're gonna. So the order we're gonna go is I'm gonna go first, and then we're gonna go to Chris, then Kevin, then Viviana. That's how it's gonna go. <laughs> do you want to just remind viewers of what Peak and Pit? pit yeah. So so uh, thank you so much. So Pit and Peak is is something that my wife likes to do at the dinner table with my kids that I thought would be an interesting feature. Don't ask me why on the podcast. So we do that every month uh, or every time we have a show because sometimes we don't do shows every month. We do them twice a month. Uh, just a reminder, we'll do another show in two weeks. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll give you a reminder of that at uh, the end of this show and right now apparently. Uh, so Pit and Peak, just talking about something you're doing well, really excited about, and then something you're doing – could be doing better and something you wish had a better outcome, that sort of thing. Um, and then also, uh, yeah, that's basically it, but we go one by one and guys, let me remind you that Viviana is our guest. So Chris, don't get too long winded. Okay. <laughs> and by Chris, I mean, Chris and Anthony, Kevin's always good about that. Look at that. I complimented you, Kev, on you the did. show. First time in uh, four years, you know? And he threw himself <laughs> under the bus while complimenting you. That's a big step. Oh, my God. He is the sweetest disgruntled Aww. employee ever who gets no paycheck. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst thing ever. Okay. I get the Steve, best let's do it. I get to hang out. I don't even remember what mine are. Yeah, I don't care. Peek or pit, whatever. Just hit me with one and I'll talk about it. 
Let's do it that way. Oh, sideways. Hello. Hello. Sometimes that happens. That's all right. That's cool. So that's just imagine he climbs walls. Yeah, there you go. So um, that's Mojo, who's one of our breeder uh, Spangler Eye. The reason I shared this photo, I wanted to publicly thank Kevin Minto for helping me because he's very knowledgeable about technology, particularly cell phones. And he helped me acquire my new cell phone, which has turned me into a photographer. I had some people asking me like, hey, you, how'd you take that photo? Like today on... Yeah, right. My photos just like got better. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ra- Randy um, from Tort Stork made a comment like, where are you ta- taking these photos? Like Google Pixel, man. There yep. you go, man. Yeah, you used to, great. used to be like, hey, what do you think's going on with this? And you would just see like a, <laughs> the thumbnail of a turtle and you'd be like, dude, what are you doing? You know, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. So that's my, uh, that's my peak. Yeah. Steve is making fun of me for. I think you should repeat what taking... Steve said because that was pretty good. Yeah. Why don't you repeat it? Uh, I forgot. Go that. ahead. <laughs> so did uh, I. Steve I was... said it, it, it used to look like Anthony was taking photos with a three year old flip phone. Uh, because I had. A... Then he ran over the car. <laughs> uh, because I was using a flip phone. I think you should go back further than three years. I'm, I think we're talking like. Right. When you're like the first kid in your high school to have a cell phone. I mean, I had that Nokia yeah. that was like this big. And you'd yeah. be like, hang on, my mom's calling. Ugh. You know? <laughs> I was using my next down. <laughs> yeah. Okay, keep going. Throwback. Okay. Now I don't remember what my pit was, but let's do it. Oh yeah. So that's my that's my room where I keep my animals. And um, I'm having trouble with uh, making it all work um spacing wise so yeah there's another picture too of what it actually looks like now i ran out of space really quickly so yeah i gotta work on that so that's my struggle and look i kept it really quick and brief right and now we can move on we're technically doing our feature you should so, make uh, some like murphy doors and like uh have things spin around on stuff you know yeah <laughs> uh, like a lazy susan where yeah the, the animals can the go ceiling, into it. and it like lowers down that's a good idea yeah. The problem is that everything is concrete, so that's not happening. Chris is next, by the way. Steve's oh, yeah. going to get that queued up. Yeah, while I'm continuing just to ramble about my speaker uh, pit. You can do pit first. It's fine. There you go. There you go. Bam. Uh, so my pit is, again, anybody who knows me knows that I try to go for these really uh, big naturalistic enclosures, which is just how I prefer to keep turtles, but... Um, where I'm failing lately is really keeping an eye on everybody and even keeping up like this, this is the Florida box turtle pen where the water has just completely evaporated. So, you know, when you do things this way and you have so many naturalistic enclosures that are that big, uh, you know, you don't get to see everybody all the time and I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't do it differently, but I need to get my button gear with, uh, checking on animals more often. Actually tomorrow I'm going to go out to the spotted turtle pen and just try to find everybody and just do like a thorough health check. Because the point of these photos is you could just see, like, where are you going to find a three or four inch turtle in that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, so that's the challenge that, uh, and it's been kind of really irking me lately. I meant to get to it today. And uh, well, here I am with you guys. There you go. That's my, that's my pit. We're doing so well with time. This is great. We're like, yeah, I think I, I like it. It's good. So this is my peak, even though this looks like a terrible mess. This is side A of my exterior building where I house animals for the winter. And what I've decided to do is keep the other side, which is not shown here, 
uh, to just be my practical room where everything needs to go to be comfortable for a few months over winter before they can go back outside. That's the exotic species. But in this side, we are actually doing uh, kind of a showroom slash nature center. My dream has always been to have a nature center, just a little cute nature center with New Jersey native reptiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and on this wall here, um, Steve, there's another photo I think that shows it better. Um, these are the custom snake enclosures that my father and I are building together. Um, he's been coming down, shooting down here every time he can and just building these things. And we're going to have signs on them, educational displays for like when the turtle room has a fundraising event and stuff, it'll be something for people to look at and experience. Um, other native turtles, uh, I mean, native turtles will be raised in here. Uh, I'm going to do a pretty cool bookcase with all my books and, uh, and even like a, like a, almost like a, like a display cabinet with different shells and stuff like that, you know, cause Viviana's not the only one who keeps turtle shells. <laughs> and uh so that's my peak it's coming along but there's a lot of work to do nice job now with your nature center are you going to be doing guided tours or just kind of like for friends and family there'll be a little fridge in there for beers so help All yourself right. he wants to know if he's invited yeah <laughs> yes you're invited you're i, I assume i'm always invited but that's the worst idea i got drunk last time i was oh. there you know <laughs> that's that's true that's yeah. true you did so that'll during be the day when it's up uh, and running hopefully by uh spring you know I don't have photos, actually, so I'm just going to talk. And part of the reason I don't have photos is part of my pit and peak. So it's actually 1.5 peaks in one pit. So here we go. The first one, the first peak is that uh, the last show, one of the last shows I told you how I had a a jailbreak and 11 of my three-toed boxers got out. I have now now gotten all of them back. I found eight right off the rip, and then I had three different neighbors just bring them to my house. One of them wow. I'd never even met before. He was like three houses away, <laughs> but he yep. asked his neighbor, and that neighbor knew that I did because he could see over my fence. <laughs> you know, so very, very happy about that. Uh, I was something that was really bothering me. Now, for my, my uh, second peak was, or 0.5 anyway, I got promoted at work. So that's been really great. I'm very happy about that. Uh, Took me five years to do that. I've been pushing for it. Um, But that leads into the pit. Because of this, I've been stressing so much there. I haven't gotten a lot of time to take care of animals as much as I would have liked. Uh, Get the inside ready. I play what's called Turtle Room Tetris every year where things are going back inside. And I have my room is about half the size of Anthony's, but I don't keep nearly as much as him. Uh, So getting that all figured out. So it's just been been a struggle to get everything completed for... uh, (laughs) Stuff goes on, you know? What are you trying to say? No, not at all. You know, we were talking about hoarding <laughs> books and turtles. You know, I just... Eh. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's been tough. But making do. Pit and peak. And pit awesome, and peak. And peak. Congrats, congrats very, very again nice. on the promotion. Thank you. Well deserved. Thank you. Well deserved. Pumped. And, and congrats on finding the turtles. Yeah, yeah I'm very happy about that. You're I'm no more happy about that than the other thing, you know? You're no longer that guy, you know? Reinforced. That's winning pit and peak, by the way. When you can give yeah. two positives and call yeah. it a pit and peak, mm-hmm. it's like a job interview. But that's when you won. You say, "Tell us about your biggest strength. Tell us about your biggest weakness," and you give them two strengths. Well, when I was My four years old, I was really strong. bad at X, Y, Z. Yeah, exactly. Right. My biggest weakness is that I just care too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> next. And speaking of next, yeah. Viviana. <laughs> All right. Okay. So this is my pit and my peak. And I guess 
this is the first thing that came to mind when you told me about Pitt and Peak. This is one year's worth of turtle surveys from our from Texas to I think when I went up to Pennsylvania up there, from ASTs in Harris County, from ASTs up here in the North Texas area. That is all the people I have not seen in this year. And I know that's kind of sad, but I miss all these people so much. Uh, going back a little bit to like being a kid and we talk about, you know, we thought everybody would be interested in turtles and then that's not always the case and not having that turtle family and not having other turtle nerds to be with and how I found that through the Comal, through all these turtle surveys and thanks to social media, finding this group of people that has been the best uh, turtle family there is. So I miss everyone so much. I'm so ready to see everyone like this again for these group pictures. But the peak of it is that as of right now, everyone is happy and healthy and safe and everyone's doing well. And I hope all my turtle family continues to stay happy and healthy and safe so I can see everyone. We can all get together like that um, again. <laughs> that's what I'm most excited for. And that's the peak is that at least I can talk to everyone via social media and, and kind of see everyone that way. So these are the people that are that are awesome that uh, have become my turtle family. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Just so everyone's aware, Steve sends messages during the podcast, little typed messages, which are which can be helpful, but they can also be the, the worst too, because then they, you're in the middle of finishing a thought, and then here comes like a type message that only we can see and the viewers can't. So I don't think anybody's when, as bad as I am. I like, no, Steve. I'm, Steve gets Chris the worst. Chris is yeah, the worst. He's just, just like deer in headlights, just freezes it, in true. the middle of his conclusion. I, and, I, and I can't hide it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Viviana. We didn't even warn her about this, and she's done really, really well. Like, well. But there's been a couple times where Steve's sent something like really sweet or really nice, and and Viviana's talking, and then like her voice will go over. She'll laugh in the middle of talking. Yeah. And a viewer is probably yeah. like, "What the heck? Why is she laughing?" Like I know. That? I sound like yeah. a crazy person you know yeah it's i should have warned you about that we got on early and like i was trying to send warnings your way and i forgot about that one but we'll get we'll get better as as steve just sent us not, in not, chat not me talk. i think he knows now when i'm talking to just not do it <laughs> hey not- so <laughs> i don't know if this is possible but eric roth would like steve to play too oh look at that Next time. Do you have a no. pit, uh, pit and peak anything in your head does, here's the thing that Eric Roth needs to understand. And Eric, I love you. If if we try to change up the technology right now, it could be catastrophic. You don't cross the streams. <laughs> you understand? Is that true, Steve? Here we go. It's happening. It's happening. Kev, uh, Kev, Eric, I, again, what you asked for? Oh, boy. Kev, I, told, I told Viviana that you were going to be careful about which questions you brought to the podcast. And then, the, then, then, and then this happened. What kind of cup are you drinking at? Is that a Toyga? I don't think this was like a, a topic, you know? Tiger. It's a Toyga. Tiger saw a man. This is my tiger colored drink. <laughs> it's, it's oh, actually, Australia Zoo. There you go. It's Australia Zoo, yeah. That's got, that's oh, got the man, man up there. I just have Mike Wazowski. I'm watching you, Wazowski. Oh, he's watching. Steve, there it is. Okay. Henry VIII. Henry VIII. Henry VIII. Good call. Loud, yeah, good catch. They should be able to hear me. <laughs> yeah, hey, let uh, us know.
So what just happened? Oh crap. Guys, I'm not sure what happened. So guys, can you hear me? Topic. Oh, hey guys, sorry. our internet blanked, so um, everybody oh. got a couple uh, minute or a couple seconds of nothing. Cool. Just FYI. Okay. Awesome. Well, hey, we thanks, thanks, the We're good. Thanks for bringing that great question to us, Kevin. <laughs> really good idea. All right, back on. Hopefully, we're all back on. In a second. Cool. There we go. Welcome back. We're all back on. Anything else right. we could do to just we mix take, everything up live? So uh, those were unrelated. So I think everybody can hear me. Can you give somebody give me a thumbs here? up out there? Um, I get thumbs up in the world. But anyway, uh, yeah. So that was actually unrelated. I'm loading my mic in, and then we briefly lost internet for a second. So you all disappeared. I, I don't believe you that it was unrelated. But. It's all my fault. Steve, can Anyhow, they see you too or just hear you? Uh, they can just hear me. Okay. Yeah, they can hear him. I don't have camera hooked You're up. You're hearing the yet. voice of Steve Enders. Pay no so, attention to the man um, behind the curtain. So, uh, Peak and Pit, I guess um, I, I've, I have a spot that I need to just kind of figure out how I want to rearrange it. It's both a pit and a peak. I now have like some new space. I just have to figure out what I want to do with it in a way that's like effective and productive for raising uh hopefully map turtle and cicalia hatchlings next year so four-eyed turtles cicalia means four-eyed turtles or eels right yeah yes or beals eyed turtles yep yep or formerly the false eyed turtle cicalia pseudo chalata yeah cool story bro (laughs) (laughs) pen drop I drop the pen. It happens. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Kevin's looking at the questions again. Don't you dare. What you got? What you got? What you got? You so they were hoping. No, no, there's nothing. We're good. <laughs> okay. Steve, uh, uh, I was going to see if you throw up this, my closure really quick, because it was also a peak. And I should have put that in there that it was also a peak that, uh, another two part story of being a kid and having box turtles for the first time. And like Kevin knows, three-toed box turtles are great escape artists. Mm-hmm. And so as a kid hunting down three-toed box turtles that got out and then it turning into a c- catastrophe when one of my three-toed box turtles got chewed up by the neighbor's dog. And after nice. that, I was also like, okay, this, you know, is not, this is not, this is not fun. Um, realizing all that. And so recently I have Thanks to my amazing, amazing brother-in-law, who is from Lidditz, Pennsylvania, I basically went out (laughs) and Steve is cheering. So a little Lidditz PA shout out. Um, I basically went out to this part of the yard and said, hey, can you build me an enclosure like from here to here? And lucky for me, he's an engineer. So he's like, all right. A few days later, comes back with all this stuff and is building me the like my childhood dream come true enclosure from being a kid and having a cinder block enclosure, dealing with box turtles getting out to uh, being able to have a secure, like their edging is all got cinder blocks and bricks under it and pavers. And then there's a lid that's going to go on that he's still finishing. So I'm super, super thrilled to have this enclosure. There's my red foot that is cool. currently big enough and his little ADP protection sign. <laughs> so, so it's obviously nowhere where we want it yet, where I want it yet. Cause I got want stuff to grow and to get more shade 
and all that stuff. But watching him do it, I had no idea it was going to be this amazing. I'm just so lucky every time I go out there. And like that's obviously the frame in the middle where the lids, because there's going to be screen lids. And oh, there's one of my, my it's, I was cracking up at the color I picked to paint it because the color I picked, I don't know if y'all have heard of the blush and bashful, a girl having her colors doing blush and bashful, but my colors are terrapinne, beige and brown. <laughs> so I picked like a three-toe box turtle brown, which I was like, okay, I might lose them in, in the enclosure. But so that's, that's my super duper happy thing that's been going on this past month and, and getting awesome. them all set up out there. That is incredible. Awesome. <laughs> super lucky. And I pay him in nachos and margaritas, which is even better. Why would you pay in anything else? <laughs> no, I want a margarita. I want nachos. You get the nachos stuck together, that's one nacho. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Jack Black. Yes. Uh, saving Silverman. Saving Silverman. It was Great. the lug that fixed it. Great reference. I, I talked about that movie once a month. <laughs> really? Great movie. I didn't know you guys liked yeah. that movie. Oh, Terrific. I love that movie. Didn't? Come on. Yeah, I'm we gotta have a, we know. just do a movies quote. Stealer of my friend. <laughs> Let's get to our next feature. <laughs> uh, okay. With oh. <laughs> uh, so our next feature is our best taxa spotlight thing where we do the timed rundown. So everyone is timed except, of course, our esteemed guests. Viviana. Um, so we're going to keep ours under a minute and Viv, you get as much time as you want. Um, <laughs> and we're going to talk about, this one is going to be the, uh, like most impressive animal or, or a, an exciting story of something that you've, um, encountered in the field. Right. Everyone agree on that one. Okay, so, yeah, said, you, I say that wrong, right? Favorite taxa. It's a favorite taxa. I thought we were, Go ahead. I thought Sorry, it was like most that. memorable or something. Yeah, something like that. That's kind of most what I went for, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what I said. Sometimes I just throw these out and, and, <laughs> and I black out and, and I don't remember what I said. But I'm pretty sure it was something like that. So you can – it's like an art project. You take it, the, the, the assignment is whatever it is, and then you take it and you add your own whatever to it. There's no wrong answer here at all. But something in um, – Something along the lines of of a, an animal or or a specimen or something that was kind of like your favorite that you've encountered in the wild. That's does that sound right, Kevin and and Chris? Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay, yeah. Viviana, that that's what you're trying were to told. think. Which pick Steve's going to put up? That's why I'm wondering. Okay. Anyway, well, y'all go ahead. <laughs> I'll catch up. I'll catch up. It's Same order, right? Going to be great. Same <laughs> order. That, that means I'm first. Yeah, go for it. Oh, this is going to be tough to tell in one minute. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, I'm ready. I am not ready. He's coming down. Okay, here we go. Okay, there we go. So um, in Connecticut, there's supposedly a uh, population of spiny softshell turtles, but they're not native, so they would be introduced. And they'd never been known by science. And I went out with the herpetologist from Connecticut and uh, just happened to go that day. And I was like the best um, beginner's luck charm for him. We were... Uh, finding large snapping turtles. We found four large snapping turtles to get blood and tissue samples on within the first, before lunch. So then we decided to go look for these soft shells and we found one, the first one ever found by science, which is now unfortunately preserved at the Natural History Museum in New York City. And then um, there was also a second picture, which Steve, I don't know if you could put up, but that was, we kept looking. Oh, you can. Oh, that's right. And that was a northern red belly 
Cooter, which which is not native to Connecticut either, and that was the first one ever found in Connecticut on on record. Um, and it was a small one, probably too small to be a release pet. So it was just like super cool. And it ended up being this awesome day just because I decided. Same day, yeah. Home. yeah. Same I day. Remember, I remember when you, went, you were texting us about that when you went. Yeah, it like cool. blew my mind. So both That's of those awesome. animals are, are at the Natural History Museum now. <clears throat> you had said that the, uh, the herpetologist, uh, he didn't know what it was, right? They were guessing other item, other things and you just happened to be there. And you yeah, well, it's them? kind of like talking about the veterinarians last show. Yeah, like, sure. You know, so he knows everything there is. He's a, he's a naturalist. He knows everything there is about Connecticut wildlife, and those animals are not Connecticut wildlife. Sure. So he found the red belly, wasn't expecting it, and he jumped in and grabbed it, and he's like, man, what is what the heck is this, some kind of map turtle? And as soon as he flipped it over, like, I know exactly what that is. I have a whole bunch of those at home. Yeah. Because- yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I'm a weirdo. Yeah, it wasn't a dig on him. Just like it was yeah, so exactly. fortuitous that you were there. It, right. It's so, yeah. it's so weird that you know he probably would have sent a couple of pictures to someone to be like, "Is this a cooter?" And you know, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. There's jokes there that could be said. I won't. I won't touch jokes, them. Jokes. <laughs> jokes. <laughs> we have those jokes on it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Can you not? I'm there. I already got. Yeah, I'm already there. Already it's, there. It's, <laughs> it's different for us in Connecticut. We don't have any native <laughs> cooters here. So, it's, oh, so that's, it's that's how Andy Weber and I became BFF when he was down here and we were doing Texana. When we were pit tagging Texana, so that's Andy. so awesome. I love that species, by the way, Texas Cooter. Okay, awesome, yeah. Chris is next. I'm next. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, he's counting down right now. Oh, I know. So in uh, 2015, I was invited out by the Minnesota Herpetological Society to go out and speak about Garden State Tortoise and what I've done here, there, blah, 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 blah. Uh, what I did not know is that the DNR was going to surprise me out there and take me out to the field to do some research with them on Blanding's turtles, which was incredible because I've never gotten to see them in the wild and I've kept Blanding's turtles a large portion of my life. Still, even though keeping them, not getting to see them in the wild was was a big deal for me. So this is the very first Blanding's turtle that we came in contact out there in 2015. She was crossing the road going to nest because it was June. Uh, it was amazing. We saw about 15 females there. We got to weigh them. We got to take measurements and plenty of photos. Uh, and it was just an amazing surprise. Uh, you know, Jeff LeClaire and all those guys were amazing. This is a little quick photo of their habitat, which I actually used to model my own habitat here for my own Blanding's turtles. And it was just the trip of the lifetime. And of course, the very first planting cereal that I ever got to see in the wild is just completely takes the cake for me. Uh, and there she is, an old female, but still reproductive and going strong. Hope she's doing well out there still. Did Have you ever watched the show Pawn Stars? No, not Pawn Stars. Um, uh, Auc- what the heck is the name of it? With the Storage Wars. Storage Wars, right. yeah. Storage Wars. You remember that one? Yes. So did you know that, Chris, did you know that the auctioneer makes the most money out of everyone on that show? Why? Because he talks fast? Well, I think like it's, he's, he's needed to, you know, make the whole thing happen. Oh, okay. And everybody pays him. And, you know, the he's lady not says. not really needed. Don't forget why do you got to gotta, why do you gotta talk that fast? You, you tell I don't know. Ask Chris. He just did it about a planning story. Well, he only has one minute, you know? You want to give me thirty uh, seconds? I'll do it. I'll do it to that too. I'm saying this guy's in like a parking lot. That's why Anthony like, gave me the wonderful give him two idea minutes. for give my him three minutes. My, yeah, that's why Anthony gave me the wonderful idea for one of my YouTube uh, series now, the Turtle Crossing. I did. Yeah. I called him and was like, "Listen, Chris, this yeah. is what you have to do. You have an opportunity here to really blow up your YouTube channel." That we had that conversation. I love the journal. It's my favorite. It's how like I start. It's how I start my day, man. Thank you. Yeah, with 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 a Disney mug and looking at your turtles. The best. <laughs> the best. <laughs> it is the best. You That's just talk about the trials and tribulations of being a dad and keeping mm-hmm. turtles. Yep. 
that's how I relate, just, you know? I just love everyone <laughs> here right now. This is just great. Yeah, this is a, listen. Flowing I, show. I spend every single morning outside with my daughters picking uh, hibiscus. You know, just like you had that episode yeah, about feeding tortoises. Every yeah. morning I do that. Yeah. Hibiscus is the best, man. Mm. It's your turn. All right, I'm up. So, uh, I have a spot in Connecticut. We have eight native turtles. Um, Twelve if you count sea turtles. But eight native turtles. And in this one spot, I can find five of them within 150 feet of each other. I also don't have pictures, so I'm sorry here. Uh, but I can find five of them within 150 feet of each other. We're professionals. And uh, every summer, I take a week off in June to go get footage, uh, find the animals laying, things like that. And about two years ago, two, three years ago, I was walking through in 50 feet in front of me, a redfoot tortoise just walks out of the woods. <laughs> and I, I was like, I can't be seeing this right. Like because it was a little bit further off. I'm like, this can't be right. And I run over there and sure enough, it was a redfoot tortoise. And I think, what are the chances of it walking out at the moment that I was there? You know, this is a, it's not like a known turtle spot. I go there with two of my buddies and that's it. Like if anyone else found that and it ran, landed in anyone else's hands, like what would have happened? You know, and yeah. I still have that animal. It's still one of my favorite animals of the day. Uh, I always wanted one. And my wife was like, no, we're not getting one. You know, she put the veto <laughs> out. And then I came home with this and she fell in love instantly. I'm like, we'll keep it for a couple days and I'll find a home. She's like, no, I think we can keep it. How, how did she <laughs> believe you? The best, man. Uh, well, it's true. <laughs> she didn't yeah. believe me. She, I have a good not. friend named Connor that showed me the spot. And she's like, I know Connor gave that to you. And I'm like, I right. swear on our children, he didn't give that to me. If I came home like, and was like, hey, Shannon, the, you know, this leaf turtle just appeared on my ride home from work. She's like, you're a liar. And I'm putting it on Craigslist once you go to oh, sleep. Oh, man. Yeah, no, but it was uh, absolutely true. <laughs> Yeah, That's so that that was my coolest in while well, it wasn't in their wilds, it's in the wild story. So uh yeah. There, there we you go. go, man. Anthony you go. start getting uh knocks on his door, like, hi, I'm here for the uh, leaf turtle. He's like, What? <laughs> <laughs> the hell you are <laughs> one cyclamis dentata coming up. <laughs> okay. All right. I think this I think so. I think when y'all asked me to pick, there we go. This is a really fun taxa that I got to work with last early last year. And I was just blown away getting to help out and pit tag and do the little bit of work that we did with, with the Rio Grande Cooter. And I, I just fell in love with them. They're just, they were just so neat and seeing them where we saw them, like on the Texas Mexico border and just traveling through the border parts of Texas. Uh, the Rio Grande Cruda just kind of became a quick, easy favorite mm. of mine. And so that's it. It's just, I just, I had so much fun working with them and was, was just blown away by how, how that's like beautiful neat they are. That's, isn't that adorable and, uh, and gorgeous? Like they're just, they're just fantastic. So it's definitely a, one of my, I guess like my favorite of the Cooters. I mean, I feel like I have a, a, a little bit of a favorite in each genus as it is as far as but i mean i just i just love this i'm like i don't get to see them all the time so it's whenever we go to that their you know their range and we're looking for them it's i get excited every time i see them their eyes are just really really neat can i share something I just, yeah I, I so around the time when i started to realize there was more to all of this than um, then like what was in my backyard. And, and for me, that was alligator snapping turtles that did that for me. Um, and then, you know, researching online and finding the internet based stuff. 
and I found um, John Richards of Loggerhead Acres on online. And the first time I ever made an online purchase was a Rio Grande Cooter. And I, that turtle was just incredible. It was just something like I had never seen. And when you see pictures of those small ones, they're just incredible. Um, and that, yeah. yeah, just an awesome turtle. We, that I that had species one, means a lot to me. We had one past, I, I don't think I even knew you guys. Well, I don't remember when it was, but there, there was a Rio Grande Cooter that was part of a, a rescue that John brought me. John from mm. Popcorn Park Zoo. Um, it's going back years now. That was you know, at the old house. And uh, I, I wasn't even sure what it was at first. You know, I, I, once I figured it out, you know, I was like, oh, okay. But, but they really are a, uh, a very unique cooter. And uh, they, you know, they kind of remind me of like, you know, how you and I are with the re- northern red bellies. You know? mm-hmm. they're, they're, there's something yeah. so special about northern red bellies. They're, they're just yeah. they're, you know, they're up here. And there are petitions for federal listings. So we've helped, yeah. we've helped give our information and what we found off, off those studies and the, you know, the pigs and the, you know, information we have collected and the other, other people that are, have, are, are, and have worked with them, you know, so that's up, but you know, that, that goes into all that wormhole of better listing and their range and, you know, how common they are. So that's more also to be, to be determined as far as that goes. So I, I just really enjoyed working with them when we, got to help out and do what we did for that, that initiative. So, yeah. Cool. That's yeah. incredible. And I think some AS, some AS, um, let's unleash them. Let's unleash story. Yeah. So this is, this is, this was back last year when we were filming with coyote and I didn't think it was anything special, but Carl really oh. liked, thought it was really interesting and we've caught a hundred pound alligator snapping turtle. And you know how we put it against our leg and hold them up like we do when we do it. The marginals of the snapping turtle left perfect shape bruises <laughs> in all my legs wow. across the board. So before people like message me like, oh my gosh, you have something wrong. Your blood, blah, 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 blah. I'm fine. My blood work is good. I've gotten all that checked out. Like I've had so many people thinking, oh my gosh, something's wrong. I'm dealing with thyroid issues, which could be. Um, why I bruise so easily, but I just get these perfectly shaped um, AST marginals. And I had shown, I think, Mario, Coyote, and, and Carl, um, oh my gosh, I have these shaped bruises. There it is. Like You see where the marginals line up yep. on my legs. And uh, Carl grabs the camera, and I'm like, you're not putting this on Facebook? Like, I'm not letting you put these pictures of my bruised leg on Facebook. And he did. But it ended up being a, an interesting, funny funny story of just how I get these funny AST marginal shaped bruises. So there's that. And then if y'all saw what he posted earlier today on the Texas turtle Facebook page, he posted another incident <laughs> where my eyes got swole shut uh, from this past summer. So go over to the Texas turtle Facebook page. If you want to see that story, I don't know if Steve has it up or if y'all want to hear about that story. It was another turtle run in with your eyes with you say with your eyes yeah so like i said he just posted on the facebook page today we found a yellow mud turtle we're out looking for um we were out looking for texas tortoises and you know these roads down in south texas and we found a yellow mud had just rained we're like going through all this mud and stuff i pick up the little yellow mud turtle we look at it take pictures all that stuff. I put, we put it back down, put it, you know, away from the road. <laughs> and um, I go and I just kind of like did this and I just kind of rub my eye and my eye swelled shut. 
So we wow. think it was the musk because I oh. held it right where the musk turtle musks. I like held it, you know, perfectly. You hold yeah. a musk turtle. So all that musk got on my fingers. I didn't think twice. Just went to go rub my eye, and my eye ended up uh, swelling totally shit. So those are all on Facebook. <laughs> He's wow. doing a good job of documenting the worst. <laughs> I got crazy. I got to see if Casey. I got to see if my wife Casey has photos of. Uh, I picked up a, a wild box turtle uh, uh, up in Central Jersey, and he must have come through poison ivy. Because, oh because, yeah. Because I, I I found him. Blah blah. Didn't think anything of it. Put him down, and then I'm I'm in the car, and I was going to pick her up from work, and and this again. This is when we lived up north. And as I'm driving, I started feeling something, and then my both my eyes completely swollen shut. Yeah, we can figure out yep. itchy everywhere. And then I, you know, I went to the doctor and he gave me a steroid. He's like, yeah, you've got poison ivy. And I'm thinking, how the hell did, and that must've been, it must've been wow. on his shell. And then I, you know, Oh whatever. my gosh. Yeah. yeah there, there was definitely no thing. You, you know, yeah. Cause I thought what else could I have touched, but it was actually just from touching and photographing the turtle to getting in the truck, like within minutes. Like I didn't even wow. time to touch anything. It was like farmland. There was not any poison ivy. It's, you know, Texas supportive yeah, uh, yeah. country. And so it wasn't, I, I did, we still think, and I kind of like, do I need to do it again? Like it's for science, right? Like, should I, do I, need to, do I need to do this again? I'm kind of on the fence of like, I want to know for sure if that's, if that's it. So it was just yeah. interesting and more funny pictures on social media of my, my algaes <laughs> and, and bruises. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I when I first happen. saw the bruises, I thought maybe that you had pants on and got, and were bitten by one. Because mm -hmm. oh, like yeah. top and bottom, Definitely. like if it's squeezed, yeah, right. it probably wouldn't look like that. But that's yeah, that's wild. Would. Carl did get bit bit last year by an AST, but he got really. We were filming and the cameras were rolling, and I, you know, we just hear the AST chomp, and I look over, and he just like keep rolling, guys. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, oh my wow. gosh, I'm gonna look over, and his finger's gonna be on the ground, and thankfully it just gra it just grazed him. I mean, it got his finger, but he got he's fine. He didn't lose anything. I really thought I was going to look over and he was not going to have a finger. And we we're going to have to finish filming with wow. <laughs> like a bandage around his finger. He's so, tough. That's a bonus. Time. That's a, that's a bonus. Yeah. That's like, the, the alligator yeah. snapping turtle, like let go. Obviously they were, they were kind of scared. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. So, uh, before we, um, end this episode, I'd, I'd like to just, if you would be open to, letting people know where they can uh, donate or how they can support the work that you're doing with Texas Turtles. I mean, this work sounds absolutely incredible and, and we want to send people your way if we can. Yeah. Sure. There's the website, which is texasturtles.org, Texas Turtles on Facebook, Texas Turtles Org on Instagram, Texas Turtles on Twitter, um, but t-shirts and donations. And like I said, I'm running the birthday for my birthday month fundraiser for Texas turtles. And you can find all of our awesome ecology, natural history, nerd stuff on the Texas turtles Facebook page and on Instagram. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, any final questions guys for, for Viv or no, you came on. Yeah. yeah, this is been, on this has been incredible. <laughs> such, such an enjoyable show. And I feel like we could probably talk for, eight hours, um, without, you know, 
yeah. finally getting too tired or whatever and needing to stop. But we don't want to go too far into the um, what the shell timeline because uh, <laughs> their show is today too. This is weird that we ended up on the same day. They oh, switched yeah. to Tuesdays and we did it because of the uh, holiday. So we're going to be respectful to those guys if we can. Um, any final words for us, Viviana? Thank you guys so much. It's been fun watching y'all the podcast over the years. And I think I talked to y'all before the show, how just looking back on other podcast episodes and just how far things have come and just everything that's happened. I guess I've done a lot of looking back on stuff from being a kid to now and turtle work and all the amazing stuff that's happening just across the state with turtle work. Like I never would have imagined as a, as a little kid for someone to tell you, Hey, you can do this one day or this can actually happen. And you're going to find other mutual nerds that love this stuff as much as, as much as we do. So I, I appreciate all of y'all and I think it's awesome and everyone stay safe and happy and strong. Thank you so much. That was great. If if I can just say, I, I, it's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. I know you and Steve have a bit of a relationship from, from past uh, hangouts and things. And, and for Chris and Kevin and I, this is newer and um, it's just been such a pleasure. I don't know why it's taken so long for us to get to know each other, probably because we live on different sides of the country, but um, it's, it's been great. And for me, this is the best part of having the podcast is being able to, to sit down and have conversations with people like yourself. Just absolutely wonderful. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, and every, and for everything you're doing as well. So uh, we'll be back in two weeks with Emma Locke from Emzotic. And that'll be on, that'll be on a Monday, uh, the 14th of September. And then two weeks after that, is it two weeks after that? Are you looking at the three, three weeks, weeks after, after that. that, three weeks after yeah. that, We'll be with Carl Franklin. Did you knew the date, Viviana? You're like counting down the date for his. (laughs) October fifth, like part two of Texas Turtles back to back. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Part two. Yeah. It's part like yeah, Texas Turtles part two, and like I said, Carl, he's coming. Not he's he's ready to talk to you about a Spangler Spangler Eye Anthony. Really? uh, Be ready. You better do your redo some homework. I'll send you. We'll send you. You better better redo your homework. You better. You better look up some uh, who else published on Spangler Eye before, I think, when you were a kid. <laughs> I'm in. So, <laughs> I'm in. so there's, there's Carl will, will be an, another, an amazing show. And like I said, 25 years experience, you'll have all kinds of awesome stories. That sounds awesome. So, so Spangler Eye talk also for sure when Carl's on in October. I didn't realize it was my birthday. Your birthday's coming up. Happy birthday and happy birthday, birthday to Coyote. Yeah, next week. Yeah, but apparently it's my birthday because I get to talk to Carl Franklin about Spangler Eye. Great. Spangler Eye in October. Don't threaten me with a good time. Yep. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it so much. Bye, guys. Good night.